I wanted you. And I was looking for you. But I couldn't find you. I wanted you. And I was looking for you all day. But I couldn't find you. I couldn't find you. You're walking. And you don't always realize it. But you're always falling. With each step, you fall forward slightly. And then catch yourself from falling. Over and over, you're falling. And then catching yourself from falling. And this is how you can be walking and falling at the same time. thing again is have the clear vision because then you never go to the gym and you say today I feel down a little bit I don't know what it is all about I don't know my life I'm confused no because that means that you haven't even set up your training partner the training partner was always responsible to challenge you at all times so it was the thing kind of in a fun way but I mean there was challenge just so that you don't slack off so you don't give yourself a break Franco Colombo, who was my training partner, was responsible if I just blinked that he said, well, let's pump up the day. The day I challenge you to a bench press competition, let's see if you can beat a 180 pound little guy. Let's see. And he would, he would know how to push the buttons because that's what the responsibility of a training partner is. So I, whenever people say, how can you be successful in bodybuilding or in lifting or in sports or in this, that, I always believe 100% in a training partner. We had a habit of after we trained at Gold's Gym that we would go and all go and have lunch together. But we would watch each other. Yes, people would have steak and the hamburger patty and all this, but if someone had the bread with the hamburger patty, we would bust them right then and there. So if we were helping each other, again, this is the responsibility, I think, of a training partner that you help each other, even though may, you may compete against each other. I love the talk we just had on medicine. I have a comment about that. Something I just find astonishing, remarkable. I'm so impressed by this. Are you ready? Here's what happens. Someone is diagnosed. I'm, I'm making up a very common example for, this, for the purposes of this explanation. Somebody's diagnosed with terminal cancer. The doctor says, you've got six months to live. 
You say, you mind if I get a second opinion? Of course, go ahead. Go to a second doctor. You got five months to live. Go to a third doctor. Seven months to live. So basically, you're going to be dead in six months, plus or minus. Okay? What happens? You're alive a year later. Okay? You're alive two years later. Three years later, the cancer's in remission. Five years later, it's gone from your body. You happen to have been a religious person. And all over that time, you were praying. People were praying for you. Here's what's astonishing. Is that if you are that person, you are more likely to believe that God cured you, this invisible force, creator of the universe, cured you, than that you had three idiot doctors diagnose you. <laughs> I am astonished by this fact. The American Medical Association, is that what they call AMA? Has got to be the most powerful organization in the world. Because no one questions those diagnoses. They'll credit whatever else was going on because they were sure they were going to die. And I can tell you this, I taught physics to pre-med students who became doctors. Not all of them are smart, I assure you. Not only that, they're all trained in the same system. So three separate doctors that all went through the same system of medical schools, that's not actually three different opinions. It's the same opinion, just nuanced by the what the person had for breakfast that morning. It's not three different opinions. Now, just to confirm this, there's a colleague of mine in the front row. Ha have you taught physics to pre-medical students? No. You have not, so you don't, I don't have a second opinion on what this is. But, so, I'm just impressed that it's impossible for people to think that they just had idiot doctors diagnose them, or that it was a diagnosis, di diagnostic failure. I'm just... I'm sorry, say again? Okay, we have a Physics 101 professor here who said he's failed more students who are pre-med than those who are pre-law. Yeah, it's astonishing. It's astonishing who ends up being our doctors. If you would like more information about The Amazing Meeting, visit AmazingMeeting.com. At this very minute, someone is falling for a health fraud scam. On TV, online, in print ads, in stores. It's happening all around us. But spend just a little time with me right now, and we'll show you how to see through health fraud scams by being smart, being aware, and by being careful. You'll be able to identify and avoid health fraud scams. What exactly is health fraud? Just what it sounds like, a scam a way to deceive people about health products that may not be all they're cracked up to be. They play on our desire for a quick cure, and then they bombard us with savvy marketing. And these companies target all of us, promising help with weight loss, sexual performance, aches, pains, memory loss, and other age-related issues. Even people with more serious medical conditions like cancer, heart disease, HIV, Alzheimer's, and many more. They use TV infomercials, the internet, magazines, and direct mail. They even recruit people, perhaps even family and friends you know, to spread the word about their products through word-of-mouth marketing. 
They may claim after miraculous claim, miracle cures, wonder drugs. And for those who need hope, it's tempting to believe them. But think of the consequences of falling for these health scams. Sure, it could cost you lots of money. Wasted on worthless drugs, supplements, devices, test kits, and treatments. But it could also cost you your health. And by using unproven health products rather than the appropriate treatments, you might miss your window of opportunity to diagnose and treat a serious disease or condition. These products might make you even sicker. They could interfere with your medicines. They could even kill you. So what should you do? Well, the FDA wants you to know the red flags you need to be on the lookout for. Be aware of claims like quick fix, scientific breakthrough, cure all, or no risk money back guarantee. And if a product claims to cure a wide range of unrelated diseases, be suspicious. And many serious diseases don't even have a cure, despite what some companies claim. They'll also use personal testimonials and doctors played by actors claiming amazing results to scam you. You'll also want to be especially careful on the internet. This is one place where you'll find more and more products tainted with potentially harmful ingredients, including prescription drugs, steroids, and other chemicals not listed on the label. The bottom line is this. If it's an unproven or little-known treatment, Talk to your doctor or healthcare professional before you take anything for your health problem. You'll want to protect your personal information, including your Medicare ID number. Never give it out in exchange for a free offer. How many people do you think have been scammed just in the time that I've been talking to you? Too many. It's happening all around us, every minute of every day. So don't be a victim of health fraud scams. Be smart, be aware, and be careful. For more information on how to spot health fraud scams, visit fda.gov slash health fraud. Top 10 Health Benefits of Marijuana Number 1. Cancer Cannabinoids the active components of marijuana inhibit tumor growth in laboratory animals and also kill cancer cells. Western governments have known this for a long time yet they continued to suppress the information so that cannabis prohibition and the profits generated by the drug industry proliferated. THC that targets cannabinoid receptors CB1 and CB2 is similar in function to endocannabinoids which are cannabinoids that are naturally produced in the body and activate these receptors. The researchers suggest that THC or other designer agents that activate these receptors might be used in a targeted fashion to treat lung cancer. 2. Tourette's Syndrome Tourette's syndrome is a neurological condition characterized by uncontrollable facial grimaces, tics, and involuntary grunts, snorts and shouts. Dr. Kirsten Muhl of Alava Hanover Medical College in Germany, led a team that investigated the effects of chemicals called cannabinols in 12 adult Tourette's patients. A single dose of the cannabinol produced a significant reduction in symptoms for several hours compared to placebo. The researchers reported. 
Number 3. Seizures. Marijuana is a muscle relaxant and has antispasmodic qualities, that have proven to be a very effective treatment for seizures. There are actually countless cases of people suffering from seizures, that have only been able to function better through the use of marijuana. Number 4. Migraines. Since medicinal marijuana was legalized in California, doctors have reported that, they have been able to treat more than 300,000 cases of migraines, that conventional medicine couldn't through marijuana. Number 5. Glaucoma. Marijuana's treatment of glaucoma has been one of the best documented. There isn't a single valid study, that exists that disproves marijuana's very powerful and popular effects on glaucoma patients. Number 6. Multiple Sclerosis. Marijuana's effects on multiple sclerosis patients, became better documented when former talk show host, Montel Williams began to use pot to treat his Ms. Marijuana works to stop the neurological effects and muscle spasms, that come from the fatal disease. Number 7. Adent ADHD. A well-documented USC study done about a year ago, showed that marijuana is not only a perfect alternative for Ritalin, but treats the disorder without any of the negative side effects of the pharmaceutical. Number 8. IBS and Crohn's. Marijuana has shown that, it can help with symptoms of the chronic diseases, as it stops nausea, abdominal pain, and diarrhea. Number 9. Alzheimer's. Despite what you may have heard about marijuana's effects on the brain, the Scripps Institute, in 2006, proved that the THC found in marijuana works to prevent Alzheimer's, by blocking the deposits in the brain that cause the disease. Number 10. Premenstrual Syndrome. Just like marijuana is used to treat IBS, it can be used to treat the cramps and discomfort, that causes PMS symptoms. Using marijuana for PMS actually goes all the way back to Queen Victoria. Uh, by the way, are there any niggers here tonight? What did he say? Why, is he really getting out of his nut? Are there any niggers here tonight? Is he that desperate for shock value? Did he scraped the bottom bound to be that cruel to say, are there any niggers here tonight? Have I ever talked about the Schwartz and they left the room? Or the Moulin Jeans or the arms or placated some southerner by absence of voice when he ran to narrate about the nigger, nigger, niggers? Are there any niggers here? You know, I'm working with a nigger. I think I see one nigger couple back there between those two niggers to three kikes. Thank God for the kikes. And two spicks and one mick. They have two spicks, one mick, three kikes, and one spunky, funky, hunky. Any more boogies? Three more sheenies. Eight more guineas. Six guineas. Seven wops. Six grease balls. I pass the six dykes, four kikes, and eight niggers. The point, if President Kennedy got on television every day and said, I would like to introduce all the niggers in my cabinet, and all the niggers called each other niggers, they oftentimes times who in front of the old phase, 
And every day you heard nigger, 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 nigger. In the second month, nigger would mean as much as good night, oh God bless you in your sneeze, or perhaps as much as I promise I'll hold to nothing but to do so help me God. Nigger would lose its impact and it'd never make any poor old nigger cry when he came home from school. Zagunish gives it the power to him. Black History Month you find ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come well, on. What do you do with yours? What, which month is White History Month? No, well, no, 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 come on, tell me. Well, uh, I'm Jewish. Okay, which I'm month sure. is Jewish History Month? Uh, there isn't one. Oh, oh, why not? Yeah. Do you want one? No, no, no. I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? On Stop social? talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman.
be sure to check out more at www.sifuzi.com. Also check out Sifu underscore Z on Twitter. really very important steps that occurred just in my lifetime with the radio, the television, and then getting the moon. It completely changes the magnitude of the thinking, and I think that's one thing that impresses me today about a young world, is that the young world has a very beautiful vocabulary in general. It came about when the radio came along, and up to this time, the parents have been the exact authorities on everything. And the way Daddy pronounced things, that's the way the kids pronounce it. But suddenly, when the radio came in, the children saw Dad and Mom listening to the radio man. The people who got their jobs on the radio, got it by virtue of the commonality, the diction of the esoteric way that Daddy said it. This, bit, this stopped altogether the dialect development. And they, because they, they also got their jobs by virtue of the size of the vocabulary and which children using it, the capability to express themselves. Dad and Mom, didn't say to the kids that's a greater authority, but it was, it was evident, self-evident. So the children then began to emulate the talk of the radio man and not the parents anymore. That was really one of the great changes in history. It came from the ingenuity and the logic of, of, of the children themselves to recognize the, be the better tools. Just think of how important it is then to the child. I said thinking about all tools as being extensions of integral capabilities, and the kind of good tools and, and and conceptual tools that the children have. We're gradually hearing more and more about older people being terribly surprised that this young person has such capability. My mother would say, darling, never mind what you think, listen, we're trying to teach you. And my teachers at school said exactly the same thing because I knew my mother loved me. I did everything I could to pay no attention to what I was thinking. I felt I'm sort of a freak and I have to learn what the game is. But that's, that's all gone. And this is one of the most fundamental changes in humanity. speed of light is 700 million miles an hour and it goes on, on and on and so the information that you get by eyesight is actually a million times what you get by air and so when the television came in it suddenly had the young world they weren't just thinking of local box and the local troubles the young people suddenly saw dad and mom we love them very much but, but they don't know what's going on <laughs> and we've got to do our own thinking man when he gets to the moon it is thinking, not only world, it's thinking universe. This brought about a completely new phase of humanity.
So here's the deal. We all know what ushers in this racism. It's called the Bible, man. And if you're okay with the Bible, then you got to be okay with people being educated by that Bible. And the education that you get from that Bible clearly states that there are certain people that are less than others. There is nothing in the Bible that says slavery is wrong. In fact, the Bible even gives you instruction. And this is why I go after this stuff. This is why I'm so critical on spirituality and religion. This is why words are important and skepticism is critical. To be actively and openly skeptical is the only way we're going to combat racism.